0: Have no fear of missing out. The shows about FOMO, you hosted by can tell you what you don't know. And now your host, I social. Fans. Welcome back to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. My name is Brian Fanzo, better known as iSocialFans, Fans, and it's a it's been a busy, crazy week in the uh, social media landscape. It's also getting to that point of the end of summertime. So you know, as parents, I you know, I am a parent. Uh, it's that point where you're excited for your kids to go back to school because your kids are you know probably driving you a little bit crazy. Uh, the kids are probably excited by they got to school, but at the same time, for me, uh, if you guys follow me over there on Instagram, uh, the weekends at the pool with my daughters is like my favorite thing in the world. So I was actually a little sad this weekend when we got out of the pool that we don't have that many pool weekends left here in Virginia and uh, my daughters were born in Arizona and lots of pool weekends uh, still left out there for for Arizona for my family out there. But for uh, this episode we're going to talk a little bit about you know a couple different things that are going on in the uh, in the social media marketing space as we see it including kind of how it's impacting both if you're an influencer or if you understand the importance of influencer marketing. Um, I will make this adage right now that I believe every business can actually benefit from uh, influencer marketing and influencer marketing, it doesn't have to be as complex uh, as many like to make it seem. And probably you have uh, either thought about using influencer marketing or it's been there as an opportunity to leverage, yet you might not have uh, leveraged it yet, which is uh, kind of the case for, I know, a lot of brands. But I kind of already previewed this as well. I got to give a shout out to our two sponsors. Uh, first off, iOgrapher, who's been with us this entire year. iOgrapher is actually going to be giving away Tripod, the flexible tripod that you guys have seen me using all year long. They're actually giving away. I have one of them in my hand right now. I'll be the one shipping you out a tripod. If uh, you go on to iSocialFans, my my Instagram account, so Instagram.com slash iSocialFans. And on my most recent post, just go ahead and use hashtag FOMOFans and then the word tripod, hashtag FOMOFans. Of fans and the word tripod, I'm actually be giving away one of these every week for the next five weeks. At least one of these every week for the next five weeks. So uh, go ahead and, and jump over to Instagram.com slash isocialfans just comment on the most recent post uh, if you've already commented and you didn't win that week, just comment uh, the following week uh, on the most recent post and we will jump that way. And then my other sponsor is Fable, Fable.co uh, and Fable is a, a content marketer's tool for powering ongoing publishing efforts rather than a comprehensive website or CMS or trying to deal with you know loading page builder. uh, This is actually the company and and tool that I'm using for brianfanzo.com, the website that I've uh, built for my speaker website. Uh, Moved off of WordPress, I really wanted to get something that was dynamic, something that allowed me to be really creative as well as serve up content in real time, making it look as though it was done by an agency but really it was done by me. So the team over there at Fable have actually given me uh, an opportunity to give away free free, free giveaway partner pricing premier partner pricing at almost 80% off um, right now. So um, if you want to want to jump in on that you can send me a message or send me an email at brian at or just set me up on any of the social networks. I will uh, get you connected with them and get you in touch with their uh, premier uh, partner par- uh, pricing that they hooked me up with. Uh, it is a deal. It's it's one heck of a deal and it does this kind of uh, connection didn't exist whenever I started using it. But if you're curious about the website and and how they um, serve up their content over there at Fable, it's F-A-B-L dot C-O. You can just check it out Uh, my website uh, brianfanzo.com slash podcasts podcast with an S at the end brianfanzo.com slash podcasts you guys can see all three of my podcasts there you can see um, that entire site including every one of the pages that you'll see over there um, brianfanzo.com was actually built using the Fable uh, platform I was in there today for about two hours I'll be launching uh, a new uh, episodic email newsletter as well as a brand new affiliate uh, marketplace and I was building it out out within the Fable platform uh, today. Uh, had a great call with the CEO there, uh, Taj. So uh, thank you, Fable, for sponsoring. Thank you, Iographer, for sponsoring the FOMO Fans Podcast. And so now let's get into a little bit of what's going on. And, and I'm going to address the Instagram likes thing after I d- address the first one here. And, and, and I think everyone probably saw it. Um, and there's lots of different things going on. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, circa two years ago, uh, people started posting pictures of what they would look like when they were old. And uh, it was an app that actually was uh, popular a couple of years back. Uh, it got some bad publicity, and then um, someone actually started talking about it on uh, Fox Five Washington D.C. Uh, news uh, broadcast, and it hit Twitter. People started, uh, you know, posting about it on Twitter. It started trending on Twitter, and before you knew it, Facebook took off with it. Instagram took off with it. And what it allowed you to do is you uploaded, you downloaded the app, you uploaded a photo onto their platform, you clicked a button, which was. Was free and it showed you what you would look like when you were old. It allowed you to download it, connect to your social networks, and share out the photos. And uh, I mean, not only did it take off; I mean, it was it went from what I believe was one thousand one hundred and eightieth. On the App Store, it was in the Apple App Store. It was one thousand one hundred and eightieth, and within twenty four hours, it was number one in the App Store, and it was called Face App. And interestingly enough, about it, you know, the, the there became some controversy about the privacy, uh, beyond the fact that it, it, it the app was owned uh, by a company out of Russia. And real quick, th- uh, bad news and fake news started to get spread around this app. Um, even the, the um, some of the political leaders had sent out a memo or an email to every one of their staffers or everyone in their political party telling them to uninstall the app, that it was not safe. That, of course, turned into a kind of viral um, tribe-like mentality where we kind of do this today uh, and it's a little sickening where if we didn't jump on a trend and we are late to the trend and we see something bad about some bad news around the trend, we have a tendency just to amplify the bad news almost to cast a shadow on those that were using it. And then we also like to just take the headline of something and blast it out for everybody and call people idiots. Um, On my Facebook feed, I saw things like, um, here you go again, you stupid millennials downloading this app that is owned by the Russian mob who are stealing all of your photos on your Phone and they are going to fix the election. You are the root cause of everything that is wrong in our country. Yeah, that was one of the posts um, on my Facebook feed about uh, the Face app, and um, I took uh, kind of a big defense, uh, you know, offense to this. You know, I worked in cybersecurity for a long while. I I understand, you know, privacy. But one of the funny things about it was, you know, the app actually follows all of the guidelines outlined by apple and google to sit in their app store and interestingly enough they're not using any terms of service or anything that is that different than snapchat or instagram but one of the things that that kind of um was a little gray area within their uh terms of service and let's face it nobody reams reads the terms of service it is a nightmare um if people that are advocates for privacy uh, reform why don't we start by uh, redacting the terms and services and making it actually readable. It's not readable for a tech people. It sure as heck isn't readable for the average user. Um, and people started getting like really upset. Like, oh my god, it says within their terms and services that they will actually store your photo on their cloud server for up to 48 hours so that they can better serve you updates as you're using this app. Um, this is a, a normal procedure that happens for many of the apps that we're already using today. But people kind of went crazy. And people were saying, oh my god, there's the rush are stealing our photos. And I made a post and I was really um, a little fired up about it and here's the thing that I want to I set out there. I'm a big believer in education and awareness. We should, you can't fix stupid and you can't stop bad people from doing bad things, but we can try to educate people so that they make calculated decisions and they understand what they're doing with their data, what they're doing with the things that they're connecting. And I'm a big believer in, in having awareness. But I'm also, I, I cannot stand the, the viral nature of blowing things out of proportion that we either don't understand or that we make assumptions because the app uh, you know I made the joke that if the app wasn't owned by a Russian um, uh, a company, it would not have taken off like it did from the, from the uproar that existed and people were like, oh my God, they're gonna steal your photo and they're gonna use it to, to create bot accounts and they're gonna, they're gonna you know take over the, the election and uh, all of these things and here's the thing if you're worried about your photos being stolen and you're currently on Facebook, it's already too late for that because if you Google your name, just go to Google and type in your first name, last name. If your first name and last name is too popular, put your like city or state or, or maybe your middle name. Um, your photos are already out there. And the opportunity, if, so, if, a, if hackers or those that want to do malicious harm want to actually use the public photos that are out there, they're going to use that no matter what. And I heard arguments like, well, Instagram has a policy about um, those, you know, uh, not being able to use the photos that are posted publicly for um, paid promotions, we just someone is literally making an argument for a company that would be hacking the election that saying that they were going to follow the rules of Instagram, but yet they because FaceApp gave them the photos, apparently that made it easier. Now, here's the thing bad people are going to do bad stuff no matter what, and it doesn't matter if it says in the Instagram uh, policy that. Uh, companies or brands or data cannot be used if a company wants to do bad things they can leverage it for bad things that are going on and i think what we have to come back to is something i've been saying for forever and that's the that's we have to remember that if you are using an app or a tool for free the data and you as the consumer are how they're monetizing Facebook is not just a company that loves us and wants to give us this platform for free. Every app that we download and we 're like ooh we don 't have to pay ninety nine cents we 're all kinds of excited Well, guess what they 're doing to monetize they 're using your data they 're selling you know they 're running ads inside of the of the app they maybe have a subscription program they maybe have um, you know different uh, you know, things within the the bylaws or in the terms and services that allow them to do different things but so here 's the world we 're living in, and I think this is where i I have a real strong opinion about this whole privacy thing and and this is how I look at it is that we cannot fix privacy by blanket all on or all off type statements. You cannot remove yourself from the internet, uh, although trying to find pictures of my dad who only has a LinkedIn account online and do- only has had one email address um, over the last like nine years, it was really hard for me to find pictures of my dad online, uh, which I thought was rather funny, um, but there, you know, it's really hard to kind of dissolve yourself from all of this side. And right, so data is the currency and you as the consumer are the currency, like that game that was called HQ Trivia. I loved listening to the, the analytics behind HQ Trivia. HQ Trivia was actually selling the data to all of these, or to using their data to sell to a bunch of other companies to talk about how consumers interact with live platforms and how long you can get them um, to stay on the app and, and the user um, you know user trends. This is all data that is extremely valuable. And so we as consumers have to realize that if we are not paying for something or even if we're paying something very small the data is the currency the data is how it's being um, leveraged and so here's how I look at things I believe I believe in risk versus reward me uploading a photo that might sit in on their servers for 48 hours which also happens to be my public profile on Twitter my public profile on my website and it's all of a sudden used for bad, the risk of that is, oh, well, right? Like, for me, I don't, I don't really see that big of a deal on that. Um, you know, yes, people will put up fake accounts. I had to shut down a couple um, fake accounts of uh, that people had put up pictures of me and my kids um, on Instagram. Um, th- th- you know, that's part of the game that we're living in, in the world because with innovation and technology and social media, All of this access is what gives us the amazing power to connect with people around the world and do the amazing things that we're doing. But just because that innovation and social media has the ability to do good, it's also very easy to do bad. And in many cases, it's easier to do bad things with innovation than it is to do good things with innovation. And so what I really wanted to kind of focus here on that app and things that are going on is don't buy into the hype. On, on either side, and if you 're going to do something where you're going to upload a photo you 're going to enter your data you're going to connect it to one of your accounts all i 'm asking you to do is ask yourself, is it the fun or the, the result of using this app worth the, the, the risk that I'm taking of them doing A, B, and C. And each person can make that calculated risk for themselves. I know that everyone is different. Um, I, I would say my dad and I are extremely different, but my, my two younger brothers are both millennials and they look at social media completely different than I do, right? And they would actually think of that risk versus reward uh, differently than I would. But I think we are in this weird culture right now where we spend so much time on bad news and fake news rather than realizing like, hey, this is what we Risk and this is what's going on, and so we're going to see more things on this. Um, I'm a I'm a strong believer in you know we we do need to reform uh, how data is being used. We underst- we need to get a little bit more transparency when apps are using our our data beyond uh, the the scope. But you know here's the thing if. If a company or an app is gonna tell me that they're gonna use my data with another company to provide me a better service, to provide me better ads, to 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 engage me deeper um, on their platform, I'm gonna sign up for that a hundred percent of the time. If they're gonna tell me they're gonna sell my data to retarget me with ads for porn bots or some random thing that's annoying, of course I'm not gonna want that. So I think when we're looking at this whole privacy conversation, Transparency within privacy is gonna be extremely important as how we use data and putting it out there. But there's also something to be said where I would argue most companies that are really worried about how they're using their customers' data, they just need to be transparent and put it out there. Hey users, we wanna use the data to do this, this and this. What are your thoughts on that? I think you would actually be pleasantly surprised of how many people would opt in to the leveraging of their data if the services that they're being provided is gonna save them time it's going to give them a better experience or ultimately give them something that they can't get anywhere else. And so um, I'm going to leave that where it's at right now. That's a little bit of my like cybersecurity hat. But I talked a little bit about transparency and I, on the last uh, episode of, of the show, I went into deep depth about this new idea where consumers today are finally demanding transparency, um, not only from apps, but we're demanding transparency from leaders, from sports, from athletes with transparency is now something and it, and, and remember, I say this every time. Transparency does is, is not guarantee trust. Transparency provides a, an authentic window into who you are so that we can decide if we can trust you or not. If you are transparent, it does not mean that you are trusted. But I think this is something that is really interesting. And I I dropped that episode last week. And I got a lot of uh, feedback from people asking me about You know, in this world of transparency, how does that impact sales and marketing? How does it truly impact the day-to-day businesses that we have today? And what I'm here to tell you is it's drastically changing, but at the same time, it's going back to the way things were before the internet. And what I mean by that is... We need to start focusing on shrinking the distance between us and our consumers, not trying to broaden it or reach the world uh, and getting tons of followers. And the biggest example of this, and I wanted to kind of bring this up as like something that I think is amazing, is that for those that didn't realize just this week, Snapchat, um, the, uh, the actual... Uh, price of their stock is now above what they originally uh, went public at. And so for many people, they were saying Snapchat is back. Uh, And I would make the argument Snapchat didn't go anywhere. Um, Snapchat was just figuring out how to um, not only uh, customize themselves away from Instagram, but to figure out how to work with influencers and advertisers to make the platform um, what it really was at the beginning, which was something that was not great for brands and not great for growing massive followings. But it was great for finding uh, small groups of people and connecting with people at a deeper level and having this this, this true connection. And you're you're gonna see you see apps like t- uh, TikTok. Uh, TikTok just has not, now reached more than 800 million downloads. Uh, there's an app called Caffeine, which was actually a platform built by Apple uh, designers that allows you to create live broadcasts directly for your friends. It's really big in the gaming community. Kind of if you think of Twitch being the the big Facebook. Um, this is a smaller version of that. And then you have House Party, which was an old app, which was Meerkat back in the day. Uh, rest in peace, Meerkat. Um, the company that was behind Meerkat started the app, uh, House Party. House Party has well over 20 million active users, and they have over 10 million people playing the game heads up um, on that app. And the reason I bring these up and the reason I kind of uh, talk about this, and I'm going to also highlight uh, both Reddit and Pinterest as well is we are in an interesting time for social media marketing. And why I say that is because if you are a brand trying to market or sell on social media in 2019, the, your your game for that is paid dollars, advertising. You must use advertising and you must do it in a native form and you must start focusing on on, on going back to the, the well. The nine years we've had where all of a sudden we realize that we don't have to pay for advertising anymore and we can just use this free tool called social media, well, we've ruined that concept now. And so what's happening in the, in the world of social media marketing at this moment, and I think it's great, I think it's absolutely amazing, is that we are now getting to a new point where the reason micro-influencers are important, the reason it's no longer about following a brand account, rather following employees and, and connecting with um, the, your power users or your best customers is because social media and social was really built to connect with people, connecting great people and, and, and kind of bringing people, no matter where you lived, bringing you together. If you shared a common purpose, a common passion, you had something that you cared about and you were moving forward. And you know one of the great examples was this past weekend, I was looking at a, a new place to live and the new place to live actually was marketing this neighborhood because it was one of the most engaged Facebook groups in the entire nation as far as a neighborhood. And I thought it was genius because when you think about it, when you're looking to, to, to move into a new neighborhood, uh, you know, like myself and you have kids and you have family, you look at the school zones, you're looking at all of these things, but you also want to know who's around you. You also want to know um, what's the ins and outs of what's going on Um, you want to know like hey you know where's where's the yard sale what's the trouble neighborhood you know neighbor what are you know what are all the things that are going on and and Facebook groups are amazing for this. But how interesting is it that this the marketing for this this neighborhood was not the the school zone was not the the amazing housing was not the HOA. It was ultimately, hey, we have a, a very dynamic, very curated, and very well managed Facebook group that allows that, that is only for me- that people that live in our neighborhood, and it allows you to get to know your community and have kind of a tight net resource of, of people as you move into a new area. And this is where we're moving forward. Moving forward, it's no longer about brands posting brand content. It's about empowering your current customers, or maybe in this case, your current neighbors, to talk about um, your brand, your business. It's about turning your customers into fans, your fans into advocates. And it's also about how do I reach people and support them where they're at? And I think this is where I'm looking at this entire space. And so this leads me perfectly into the the last segment that I wanted to rant about a little bit here. It's the news that Instagram today rolled out the removal of likes to six more countries. So they started in Australia and now six countries um, do not have likes on Instagram. (gasps) Oh my God. Breaking news, this is crazy. In my circles, this is a little bit crazy. But the reason it's crazy is because Instagram's had likes since Instagram existed. Um, and the idea that a platform that many of us love, it's the platform I enjoy personally the most. Um, I use Twitter more so than any other platform, but Instagram's the one that I get the most enjoyment out of. Um, this is a major pivot for Instagram, which remember is owned by Facebook. But I'm here to tell you that I think this is great news for influencers. Great Great news for influencer marketing, and great news for all of us that are that are sharing ourselves and and, and putting ourselves on the platform and want to connect with people that share uh, you know common interest with us. And the reason I believe this is is a couple different reasons, and one of the big ones is. When you think about the idea of buying likes or buying followers or really for brands, you know, I always thought it was ridiculous when someone would tell me, Brian, I want to I want you to help me build an influencer campaign and I want you to get this many likes or this many retweets. But at the same time, here's what here's the thing. We didn't really have other data to measure for for the longest time we couldn't utm tag we couldn't track how the user went from one network into our website and what they bought and so for for the default purpose for the longest time we were using vanity metrics and take it or leave it i mean we can we we as talking head thought leaders can bash vanity metrics but we all know when push comes to shove and the cmo says i want to see results more oftentimes than not, even in 2019, people default to vanity metrics as the, as the tangible result. And the reason that is, is because, let's face it, it's the easiest data for us to see. It's also the easiest data for us to manipulate. And for us as marketers, let's, we are, for the most part, pretty lazy when it comes to trying to prove results of what we're doing. I know I'm labeling all of us together in that. But the reason, one of the main reasons I'm excited about this is it's going to require us to to start to measure the value that we provide on a platform like instagram we're gonna have to start to measure it differently and i hate the word engagement Uh, my good friend andrew davis points this out all the time engagement's a horrible word to use in the social media space because each platform has a different version version of engagement like is liking a post engagement or is commenting engagement is uh Commenting more than once engagement is retweeting the same level of an engagement as a quote retweet is a favorite on or is a thumbs up on Facebook the same en- le- level of engagement as a heart on on Facebook the word engagement doesn't work either and so what this is this is for me this is exciting for as a marketer is now we have to get creative and now we have to break things down and start focusing on what is our individual goal for each social network the fact that we are still trying to report. And and, and share goals across all social channels is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And I think this is something we are definitely going to see um, changed across the board. Is that we we have to we have to start to kind of shift away from hey we're going to measure success the same on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Um, not only is each platform different, but the way that the customer experiences the platform is different. But so the first thing I'm most excited about Instagram removing likes is that it's going to make marketers, it's going to challenge. Us as marketers to really start thinking about how, how do we measure value um, on that platform. The second one is it's going to eliminate the tribe mentality that people just like a post because it has a ton of likes. And they're like, ooh, that post already has 900 likes. I better like it as well. And I hate that. To me, that's the, the thing I hate most about Instagram, where I will tell people, like, oh man, I can't believe you, um, I saw that you liked this post. And they're like, oh, I did? I'm like, yeah. And they'll pull up their phone and they'll say, oh yeah, I liked it because I saw how many likes it had. Right. Like that whole I, concept is just. Kind of ridiculous, um, and and it's ultimately the reason that the algorithm had to be put into place um, on Instagram and Facebook is because we were manipulating the uh, the what we wanted to see based on just liking things that had a lot of likes, and so I think removing that that public view of total amount of likes um, is a is a big deal. Now remember, for those that haven't heard this news, Instagram isn't removing the likes completely. You as the you as the the, the creator will still still see how many likes that your, your post gets. And if I'm following you, let's, let's set this up. If I'm following you on Instagram and I'm scrolling and I see your picture, it's still going to tell me the, that people have liked the photo, but it's only going to tell me how many people that are my followers have liked your follow your, your photo. It's not going to tell you total amount of likes on the Instagram post, uh, at least as, the, as what they've kind of shared with us um, at this moment. And so what I think that's actually really nice is that I love that feature right now. When I see that, I'm like, ooh, such and such like that post, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read what's going on, right? This is that whole trusted resource, right? You know, I don't accept every Facebook friend request, but if, if I go into a, a Facebook friend request and I see that one or two people or may it say three people that I, I, I hold in very high regard, if they are friends with that person, I don't have to scroll any further, I hit I hit add. Because I know that if, they, if they're friends with that person, person that, and they added them to Facebook, then I believe that I trust them enough to actually do it myself. Right. And that's kind of what we're going to start to see on Instagram. And so what I believe is going to happen is those that are creating content that is, is very valuable for your, your followers and your biggest group. And what I mean by your biggest group is let's talk about your over, your overlapping group. And so there's, there's things like demographic on, on Instagram. I won't get too geeky on it, but there is an element here where yes, it's great to have different people from different walks of life following you on different channels but it's that it's that that concerted group of people right and we, let's call it mutual likes like I enjoy going on to uh, I'll, I'll give Aaron Aaron another shout out here I see Tristan uh, Tristan is here uh, over there from the UK I, I like going on to uh, you know Tristan 's post and saying you know how many people that I follow also are following tristan right like how many of how many of my network also looks at tristan as a trusted resource or someone that is worth worth following and i think as we remove likes we're going to start to see the idea that we don't really care about getting a lot of uh, the volume of likes rather we care about reaching that that hyper engaged overlap group of audience that has shared connections and shared people which i think is super exciting because let's face it those are the ones that that are the most mature leads for you and your business. Remember, I I look at social media in all of the cases I'm talking about with this show as a business. I do not want you to be on social media for you know vanity and and and, and just throwing things at the wall. Um, it, I do look at this as a tool to drive business, but oftentimes that business will be word of mouth. It'll be a relationship that's built long term, and so that's the second uh, reason that I'm really excited about likes being um, removed off of uh, off of uh, Instagram. And then the third one, and this is for anyone that considers them them an influencer, and real quick, I'm going to give a shout out. I just uh, signed a brand new influencer deal with Fiverr, Fiverr fiverr.com, which is the the freelancer service um, that allows you to hire freelancers to do different work for you, Um, anything from web design to logo design. You can have them build your marketing. They can have them coach you. You can have them do strategy. Um, I just signed up with Fiverr. It was a tool that I felt I should be using, but I couldn't figure out why I wasn't using it. And what they did is, um, we we signed an influencer deal with them, and I've actually curated a marketplace. Of freelancers that I've researched many of them I have already used in my own projects and I now have that up on a uh, one-stop shop so uh, you know if you want to go get a logo designed and you go to fiverr.com just the regular website you're gonna have hundreds of thousands of people to choose from if you're gonna go to my marketplace you're gonna go on there and you're gonna see maybe three or four different logo designers that I've researched I've, I've gone through and done my due diligence and I believe that they would be worth working with they're gonna be available for you in this marketplace. So for me, the reason I am I teamed up with them is I'm helping you streamline the process, but I'm also documenting my journey. I just got a, a new speaker media kit done uh, via Fiverr. I have a new logo done uh, for both my brianfanzo.com website as well as the new couples vlog, uh, our take two couples vlog that I have with my girlfriend. So if you guys want to check it out, um, you can just go to and just type into your browser Fiverr, which is FOMO Fan. Dot live and that will redirect you to the marketplace homepage and you're going to see things on um, logo design the one sheets video editing and these are all the the, um, the freelancers that I've worked with as an influencer and this is the perfect example of why I was bringing this up um, with the Instagram likes is the thing that I think is really compelling about this is I'm not telling you that Fiverr.com is the most amazing site and company ever. What I'm telling you is I've worked with them to make it easy for my audience to work with people I trust. And this is how I look at Instagram when it comes to a business perspective moving forward. It is about building trust, but it's also about proving that you can actually, the trust actually exists. The reason that I love the stickers that are inside of Instagram stories, right now we are live on Instagram Live, um, on, you know, on my phone at the moment, is that you know, the, there's all of these, you know Instagram used to be a platform that was doing one thing and one thing well, right? Like, and that was, that was what they, that they used to do Um, and now it's, it's a, it's a platform that does just about everything under the sun and, uh, it it can do it, you know, in any different direction. So you can go live, you can do stories, you can do IGTV, you can do all of these different things. But the reason I look at this as an influencer, as really, as really fun is if you are really good and engage with your audience, you can prove your level of trust pretty easily. See, ask questions in Instagram stories. Post about something like I just did about the, the Fiverr marketplace that I'm that I'm working with, right? C- create conversations. Instagram direct message is such an amazing piece. And the reason I love Instagram direct message and the reason I like Instagram for all of this trust building more so than Facebook, more so than Twitter, is here's the answer. And this is the same reason I, I said I loved Snapchat back in the day. When someone engages with your content on Instagram stories within Instagram, the reason when they, when they engage with you on that platform and they reply to you who who gets to see who replies to your Instagram stories I'm going to answer the question for you nobody except for the creator on Facebook when you comment on a post on a everyone gets to see the comment and it's all public right and so that a lot of times people comment just to be seen on Instagram, especially Instagram stories, the idea of commenting and engaging through direct message Is So powerful because they're not doing it just to be to to be seen by their friends. They're doing it because they have something to say, maybe because they want to get on your radar. But it it allows us to have to post. And this is where I'll kind of wrap up this episode on. And it's the reason I love social media is I believe it's about having a one to one conversation. In the public that everyone can actually participate in, but allowing people to have one to one engagement and dialogue and response directly to me as the creator. I've replied to every single Instagram DM that I have ever received. Um, even those that are, you know, spam bots, I always reply and, and report them as spam, but ultimately, for everyone that is, you know, um, that is, uh, that is using Instagram. I believe this is the future and we're going to look at things like Reddit. We're going to look at platforms like Pinterest where we're going to start to move more of this, this concept where people want to be connected with a smaller group of people, which is where I think influencer marketing is the most exciting. They want to be connected to that person, trust that person, but they want to have a direct line of communication to maintain that trust. Right. And that's, that's kind of how I see Instagram likes really Having such a fun impact. So, I think it's great for influencers. I think it's great for the everyday user. I think it's great for influencer marketing um, as a whole. Uh, And it's going to, you know, the only thing it's really bad for is all of the lazy marketers out there that have been using crappy metrics um, to measure success or for all of those lazy influencers that bought followers and bought likes and and thought that meant they were influential. And I'm going to leave you guys with this to be influential or to, to actually show that you have influence, it is not about having a big following is not about having any following, actually. It's about having the ability to connect with people And inspire them to take action, either based on what you say, based on what you do, or based on who you are. It is the idea that we influence someone to take an action. The action is not following me. The action is actually moving forward and taking an action. One of my favorite things that I've ever done is I worked with Grammarly, and I've talked about the fact that I don't have the greatest grammar in the world. I struggled through school. I sent out one tweet. And one tweet generated over 200 people to sign up for the paid service of Grammarly. And someone reached out to me and said, Brian, that's more than the million follower Instagram followers that people have on, on Instagram. Like, how did you do that? And I was like, well, here's the answer is that I have trust with my community. Uh, Grammarly fits my brand because I've talked about the fact that perfection's a fairy tale and I struggle with grammar. And my audience knows that if I'm going to talk about a tool, it's a tool that I'm using. I get gear, I get tools, I get free offers all the damn time. The only ones that you hear about publicly are ones that I actually believe that are going to be valuable for you as the community or ones that I'm actually using. I'm using Fable.co, which is a sponsor here of the show, to build my website. I use Iographer every single day as the tripod um, and the book bag that I use um, within my you know, platform. I'm using Five to build out my my, my uh, graphics and things that I have being done. And so this is exciting. We are moving to a space where it doesn't matter how many followers you have. I, and, I, and I've been studying the travel space for a while and I have, I'll have some data for you guys very soon in this. But in the travel space, micro-influencers is amazing. Getting someone that has a couple hundred followers to give them a discount to wear their bikini and, and post about it on your pictures can drive amazing sales and amazing value, getting four or five of their followers to buy directly. Think about that. You're giving a discount on a product and it's inspiring four to five people and their followers to actually buy a product. Imagine if you did that at scale, which is not hard to do if you're reaching out to people and your product matches who they are and you give them enough value that they feel it's worth it to not only to you know, buy your product, but also promote your product online. So I think we're into an interesting space. I think influencer marketing not only is here for the long term, but we're going to see a massive shift. It's, uh, it doesn't matter about lists. It doesn't matter how many books you've written. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter how many big stages you have. It matters about what is the direct line of communication between you and your audience? How connected are they to you? How much do they trust you? How much access do they get via DM or direct message or the content you create? And then ultimately how how much do they believe that you only promote and share things that you believe in and that are valuable? We're living in, this is exciting. I think this is where social media needs to be. It's a pivot. I've been calling for this since 2015 uh, when I said the future of business is community. Uh, I still believe that the future of business is community. It just took us a while to get here. We needed to have a lot of this fake news and bad news and brands screwing up and hijacking hashtags and all that nonsense. But um, that's kind of the state we're in. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. Went a little longer than I normally do, but um, I appreciate you guys watching live on Facebook live, watching live on Instagram live. Um, as I said at the beginning of the show, if you are listening to this podcast, I'm going to be giving away a tripod. I'm going to mail you a uh, tripod, which is a really fun bendy tripod. It's what I vlog with. It's also, I keep one in my Jeep. I keep one in my luggage. I keep one in my book bag. And I have two sitting on my coffee table because it's it's just a really easy tripod, lightweight to use. I'm going to be giving away uh, one a week for the next five weeks. Uh, just jump onto my Instagram account, which is iSocialFans. Which with a Z and just comment hashtag FOMO fans and then type in tripod. I'll be picking a winner every single week and give, and sending you guys this tripod. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoy, uh, you know, I'm trying to work with sponsors that not only can provide you guys value, but um, are ones that I use and ones that can do things like free giveaways or like I'm doing with Fable, and they're doing some uh, you know, premier partner pricing. So uh, for Brian Fanzo, I, Social Fans, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. I will leave you guys with this bit of wisdom. It is Thursday. I love hashtag Thursday thoughts on um, Twitter, and this was the, my hashtag Thursday thought on Twitter today, and I think it's, it's a bit rather poignant. Make today or tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this show a day where you go out of your way to write down and spend more time on the positive comments that you get in your life. Spend more time. Document how many times someone says, I love you. Someone smiles at you. Someone says that you look nice today. Someone says, thank you for what you're doing. Document those down. Write those down and spend a little bit of time appreciating them. You would be amazed by doing this simple, this simple act. You will start to eliminate the noise of the haters. You will start, start to forgive yourself. You'll start to remember that the world isn't as bad and as dreary. I believe we're living in the greatest time in history. Unfortunately, we spend all of our time on bad news, fake news, and the haters, and we don't spend enough time on the good news, the good people, and the good things that are happening in the world. And if you wanna change that, it starts with you, yourself, today. Start documenting all of the good things that are happening and just take appreciation to it. Write them down throughout the day. And when, you're, when you get home from work or maybe when you, before you go to bed, just go ahead and read all those things that, that, that were coming. It could be one thing. It could be five things. Uh, you know, if you're super cool and popular, like my friend Aaron Garkin King, maybe it's a hundred things. Um, but either way, I think it's, just, it's an act. It's a practice that we can do that I think can make us a little happier. And then in turn, we can support and celebrate more people around the world. Cheers, my friends. Make it a great day.